Come on and worship the Lord with me on today. As we lift our hands in the sanctuary to give the Lord a great praise on today. Because he's worthy of all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And God, we just want to let you know that you are welcome into this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Welcome into this place. Praise unto your name. 
let's make it the road Well, you just stand When there's nothing left to do You just stand And watch the Lord see you through After you've done all you can You just Tell me The guilt of your past Tell me how do you deal with the shame And how do you smile When your heart has been broken And it's filled with pain Filled with Watch the Lord see you through After you've done all you can You just stand and be sure Be not entangled with that bondage again You
Say happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. I hope people care that much. Say I love you, Mommy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, this is Mother's Day 2020. It's an awesome time. I know that a lot of people can't be physically with their moms and they can't be in their presence right now, but how many people know that a mother is, there is nothing like a mother. I know we as fathers say there's nothing like us, but we do not labor for nine months. We don't labor for hours just to bring a miracle into the world. And as we begin and get ready to go into the word, I just need you to, to simply text to somebody, tweet to somebody, uh, just shout to somebody. Thank you for being an awesome mother. Thank you for being the seed bearer. Thank you for being the one to bring me into this world. And if you're ready for some word, I'm ready for the word on today. I'm ready to see what God is going to do with us on this morning. So if you have your Bibles, if you have your material, your cell phone, your pen, your pads. Let's go before the Lord in prayer this morning. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for all that you are. We thank you, God, for all that you've been. We thank you, God, each and every day for what you do in our lives. But today is a day that we've never seen before in the foundation of this world. Today is a day that is like none other not just because it's Mother's Day, but it's time to honor you. It's time to honor our mothers. It's time to honor the grandmothers, the women in our life that have made impacts. It's time to just get in your presence and receive from you. So God, on this morning, we, we've celebrated, we are celebrating, and we will celebrate our mothers, but right now, it's time to celebrate you. You are Jehovah Shalom, our God of peace. You are Je Jehovah Tiskanu. You are Jehovah Nisi. You are Jehovah Rapha. And these are not just attributes, but these are who you are. You are a God of love. You are a God that never fails. You're the omnipresent God, you're the omniscient God, and you're the omnipotent God. We thank you, God, for all that you are right now. We thank you for all that you've been right now. And as we come before you, God, we simply thank you, God, for even forgiving us of our sins, of our past, the sins from yesterday, the sins from last week, God, the sins that we have not brought before your throne. And God, we simply say thank you for forgiving us of our sins, oh God. God, we have a heart to serve you, but we know that man is fallible. And we know, God, that sometimes we fall short of your glory. We know sometimes, God, we make mistakes. We know sometimes, God, that we don't do it right. But your son Jesus that came and died for our sins 
stands before your throne petitioning on our behalf. So this morning, God, while petitions are being made, God, we ask right now that you deposit your Holy Spirit in each and every home that's represented on today, God. Either those that are watching from Bedside Baptist, God, we ask right now that you touch them, God. Those that are worshiping from the living room worship center, God, we ask right now, God, that you enter into their presence, God. And God, those are worshiping from the dining room cathedral. We ask you, God, just to have your way. The mobile churches that are in their cars right now, those that are outside, God, we we thank you for the nature churches. We thank you for just the opportunity to be before you on today, oh God. So God, right now, hide me behind your cross so that the people will see none of me, but they will see all of thee. I take none of your glory, God. Matter of fact, God, I ask that you break me down and build me back up so that I look like you, oh God. Now, God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. God, allow this word to be followed by signs, miracles, and wonders in the life of your believer. God, let this May 10th, 2020, stand as notice to the enemy that it's time to advance the kingdom of God. Not just in show, but it is time to put the hand to the plow. It is time to be who you've called us to be, God. This God right now is the reflection of grandmothers that have prayed, mothers that have prayed, generations of prayer. God, right now we submit ourselves to your will and to your authority. This, God, is that time where you smile down on your people and say you are well pleased with us. For we honor you, God. So, God, on today, let healing take place. Men relationships. Men mother and son relationships. Mother and daughter relationships. Grandmother and daughter men relationships right now in the name of Jesus send sons and daughters home that have never that haven't been home in years that have never reached out and called God right now touch their hearts and their minds simply to call and say thank you it could have been another way but thank you for the life thank you for the sacrifice thank you for the dedication and God, even for those that have hearts of resentment, God, we simply thank those who labored and understood that they could not care for them the way you could. So God, we worship you, we adore you, and we magnify your name. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Somebody touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor it's word time. Tell your neighbor it's word 
time. It's word time. Lift up your Bibles. Lift up your cell phones. Lift up whatever you may have as we, uh, as we make our Bible declaration this morning. And it simply says this, Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. Therefore, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not be distracted, but I will hear what thus saith the Lord. And as a result of what I hear today, I'm going to leave here better than I came. In Jesus' name, somebody say Jesus. Amen. And if you have your Bibles, open up your Bibles, your cell phones, to the book of Samuel, the first book of Samuel. We got a lot of scripture this morning, but I will try, I will try to hasten my way through scripture on this morning. Once again, that's the book of Samuel. The book of Samuel is in the Old Testament. The book of Samuel in the Old Testament. Amen. And this morning we're going to read, we're going to start at the first verse. Going to the 28th verse, the first through the 28th verse. And it reads as this. Now there was a certain man from Ramathizen or Zophim from the hill country of Ephraim and his name was Elkanai, sorry, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, and the son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. The name of one was Hananiah and the name of the other was Peniah. And the Bible says, and Peniah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man would go up from the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And two sons of, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests to the Lord there. Verse number four said, when the day came that Elikim sacrificed, he would give portions to Peniah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival, however, would provoke her bitterly to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. It happened year after year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she would provoke her. So she wept and would not eat. Then Elkanah and her husband said to her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep and why do you not eat and why is your heart sad? Am I not better to you than ten sons? I'll be back to that point in a second. Then Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorstep. She greatly distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And it says, she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed look on the afflictions of your maidservant and remember me and not forget me, 
your maidservant, but you will give, but if you will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of, a, of his life, and a razor shall never come on his head. Verse number 12 said, Now it came about as she continued to pray before the Lord that Eli was watching her mouth. As for Hannah, she was speaking in her heart. Only her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was drunk. Then Eli said to her, how long will you make yourself drunk? Put away your wine from you. But Hannah replied, no, my Lord, I am a woman oppressed in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maid servant as a worthless woman, for I have spoken until now out of my great concern and provocation then Eli answered and said go in peace and may the God of Israel grant your petition that you have asked of him the word of the Lord is already blessed very quickly I want to deal with and talk to you from the subject a mother's sacrifice is unmatched. A mother's sacrifice is unmatched. As we see the plight of Hannah, uh, the wife of Elkanah, as we see her plight in this scripture, it tells of a of a woman who. Uh, first and foremost, was not placed in a good situation. She was not uh, in the best of times. She, the Bible says that her husband had first and foremost two wives. Her, 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 her husband had two wives, and we know that with generation and the sign of the times, then that it was okay to have two wives. But, but, but that was not the big issue at the time. The issue was that there was Hannah and there was Peniah. There was the one who did not have and the one who had. The the one who did not seem favorable in in the sight of God. The one who Peniah constantly ridiculed about who she was, what she did not have. The Bible says that Peniah had children and Hannah did not have children. The Bible says that, the, the, that she constantly irritated Hannah, constantly talked about her, constantly uh, dealt with her, constantly showed off what she had, her possessions. She flaunted her children in front of Hannah. I could, I could just imagine the scene that, that there was Elikai who was great and happy and he was, uh, he was the man in charge. He had two wives at the time. He, he could boast about it. He could talk about it. But one wife had plenty of kids for him and then the other wife whom he the Bible says that he loved but did not have children, did not have children. This morning, as we deal with the sacrifice of a mother, I came to talk to somebody this morning who for a long time simply thought their womb was barren. They're, they simply thought that the blessings of God was not tied up in their womb, did not believe that God had appointed them and had chosen them to bring forth life into this world, that did not see the benefit or see or did not have the understanding 
understanding that God created them fearfully and wonderfully. But at some point, they had a child, and then they did not think that they were worthy to raise their child. They, they had the child out of wedlock. They had their child when they were in teen years. They had the child, but then they saw that their life was not in a place that they felt like it should be. The sacrifice of a mother, the sacrifice of young mothers that go beyond without measure, that go beyond without cause, that simply say, I gave up everything that I desired to be to simply bring this life into this world. I was not expecting to bring into a life. I did some things I'm not proud of, but I ended up at a place where I was with child. Any Anybody can testify that that I did not expect to have my children when I had my children. But once I had my children, my life changed. My, my, my life got redirected. I got a little more focused. I got a little more deliberate. I got a little more uh, 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 personal with things. I began to, to strive for some th different things. But when we see Hannah in this place this morning, we find her not even at that stage of life yet. She she had a husband who seemed to be wealthy. She had a husband who seemed to have status and clout. But, but that was not enough for Hannah. Hannah wanted to feel the kicking of the baby in her stomach. She wanted to feel the warmness and swaddling of looking down at her son and saying, this is my bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Hannah wanted the experience that she saw Paniah having with her children, and it made Hannah get sadder and sadder by the year. The Bible says that every year that her husband would take them up to give sacrifice unto the Lord, they would go before the throne of God. They would go into the presence of God. Paniah, he gave her her sacrifice worth, and Hannah, he gave her a double portion because he loved her. But can you just imagine Hannah going before the throne of God with a sacrifice year after year saying, God, what is wrong with me, God? God, I just want a child. God. I just want something on the inside of me. What have I done that is displeasing in your sight, God, that you have not allowed me to conceive a child? You have not allowed me to birth something into the earth. You have not allowed a heritage to come forth from me. God, what is going on? with me. I could just imagine Hannah every time because they would go up and, and they would sacrifice and then they would come back and Paniah probably got pregnant then and they come back and there's another baby and then there's another baby and another child and every time Paniah got more bolder. Paniah got, got downright indignant with Hannah. She, she irritated her. She irked her. The Bible says she provoked her. You ever been in that place where you're expecting something from God and you constantly, constantly see others being blessed? You constantly, constantly see others with the thing that you ask God for. God, I'm looking for a new opportunity. God, I'm looking for a new job. God, why are things being birthed in others' lives and not mine? God, I constantly come to you looking for this opportunity. But God, what is it that I'm doing that's not worthy in your sight. I, I, I believe that not even just women, but men have all been in this place that we find Hannah at the place of this text. God, what is it that I've done? 
that's displeasing to you. And the Bible says that that one time that they went up and they they got together and they all came together and and hand, he gave Paniah her sacrifice and she went. But then he saw Hannah and her disposition was sad. Her disposition was not the best that she had 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 before. Maybe other times she had covered up her, her anger, her sadness. She went in and she followed along like a good person. She made sure she smiled because that was all family. This was her husband. And so she might have just went along with the program, but there came a point, a time in her life where the program just couldn't work for her anymore. Anybody ever had that testimony that your program that you've been trying to follow, the things that you've been trying to do just simply seem to not be working. You want more in your life. You want more for your kids. You want more for your relationship. You want more for your home. You want more out of life. You want more in ministry. You want more from God. You want more and more. And the program and status quo just doesn't fit the bill anymore. I believe Hannah was at this place. And as we look at scripture, we see that in the eighth verse, it simply says this then Elikim her husband said to her Hannah why do you weep and do not eat and why is your heart sad am I not better to you than 10 sons for a moment here right now I gotta simply park right there and talk to my men for a second men do not ever ask are you better than that woman's child do you are you better than that woman having and laboring and going through the process of bringing a life into this world I'm not condemning you men but there seems to be a spirit of arrogance that Elikin had right at that moment he said why are you sad don't you see all of this that you have don't you see the beautiful house don't you see all the handmaidens that you have don't you see everything else and Am I not better? When, when I look at you, am I not better? When I see you, am I not better? When I talk to you, am I not better than 10 sons in your life? And she simply looked and walked away. The Bible says that she ate, she drank, and she got up and left. I, I, I'm here to talk to somebody right now. Do you know when a woman gets up after she has not spoken, after you said something ridiculous, and she gets up and walks away, that there's something you better start looking out for right there you might not you don't know what to expect coming from there I don't know who I'm talking to but when she gets up and walks away and she does not say anything up uh, everything is about to fall apart in the place everything is about to come down so you might want to find a place of shelter because Hannah we see got fed up with just her husband uh, he got fed up with the boastfulness the the arrogance that the, the, the standard that am I not better than 10 sons? I'm, don't I do for you more than if you had 10 sons? It don't, don't, don't it seem like your life is better without 10 sons? I could just imagine what he was saying. I could just imagine how he was dealing with the situation. But the Bible said in the 10th Verse in the, in, in, in the ninth, actually the ninth verse, it said, then Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorsteps of the temple of the Lord. You, you ever seen a woman who was angry 
who decide to go before the throne of God. She didn't go to the club. She didn't go hang out with her girlfriends. She didn't go find another side dude. She, she simply went to the temple of God. And how many people know that, that when I'm in trouble, when, when I'm hurting, when I'm going through situation after situation, the best place I can get to, the best place a mother can get to, the best place a person can get to is in the presence of God. So now we see Hannah going to this place. She, she didn't stop past the liquor store. She didn't stop past the drug dealer. She didn't stop past her girlfriend house and said, come on, we going out tonight. You're going to find Boaz. I know you was with Hanukkah. I mean, Hannah, uh, 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 she was with her husband. But no, we're going to find you Boaz tonight. No, the woman of God left this place and went to the place where she knew God was because she had an issue and a serious thing to talk about God with. How many people know that whenever there's a serious issue, you can't call your girlfriend, you can't call your boy, you can't call uh, uh, your, 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 your cousin and your mother. But sometimes you got to get to a place of simply calling on God. And, and the Bible says this, and I'm getting ready to get to some points, but the Bible says she greatly distressed and prayed, for the Lord, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. Hannah got to this place where it was no more talking about it to everybody else. It was no more dealing with the drama of the other wife. That, that, that just bothers me right there. There was no more drama dealing with uh, the other kids running through the house because Hannah simply wanted her own. That's, that's all she wanted. That's all she desired. That's all that she asked for. And because she asked for that, we see in Scripture that, that the Bible got to a place where she was in there and she was praying and she was talking to God. Even the priest did not understand what she was saying. So I got three points for you. And we're going to get out of here and we're going to praise. And I promise you're going to get the, to the meals with mama. You're going to get to call her a little bit. But I'm going to get you to enjoy some things about your mother. Somebody say, there are some things about my mama I need to know. The number one thing about a mother is simply this. That a mother and her voice. There are three things that, that, that a mother has. A mother has a voice, and a mother's voice can be as silent as a whisper, but God anointed her voice to speak life. All the mothers that are listening in simply said, my voice does not have to be raised. And I remind me of my old mom, my mother back in the day where she did not have to raise her voice to get my attention. She did not have to say it a bunch of times, but her voice carried weight. And her a voice could be as silent as a whisper, but God anointed her voice to still speak life. Anybody can testify that I could hear my mother's voice while I was in all the mess that I was doing, even when I was in trouble. That little voice in the back of my mother in the back of my head sounded like my mother boy get your butt back here boy get out of that place boy you know you doing the wrong thing boy why are you at this place what are you doing with your life but when we see scripture this morning we're not even talking about the child but we're talking about Hannah's voice to God when Hannah got to this place of prayer the Bible says simply in verse number 
In verse number 13, it says, as for Hannah, she was speaking in her heart and only her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was drunk. You ever been in that place that you cried out to God so much that, that you didn't care about who was around you? They didn't know what you were crying about. They couldn't even understand what you were saying. When we see Eli in this scripture, he did not understand what Hannah was doing. The priest of God, the man of God that was sitting outside did not understand or see or could really understand what Hannah was in there praying about. Hannah was on her knees. Hannah bypassed the priest. She didn't walk into the church and say I need you to pray for me she didn't go to the elders and say elders I need you to pray for me Hannah knew that she had a petition to God and simply needed to get in God's face on her own the Bible says she was speaking in her heart and I'm here to talk to somebody right now that there are mothers right now whose voice are simply speaking to God about your situation about who you've been about what you've become about your the the, the things that you're looking for God to do in your life you don't even understand you're moving in a certain manner and moving in a certain way and there are blessings that are coming about because your mother's voice is still talking to God I don't care if you 45 or 50 your mother if your mother's still alive she's still speaking on your behalf she's still praying in the late night hour she's still petitioning God for you so that your latter days will be greater if you're not in the best of situations your mother is praying that you going to get it right one day and nobody knows what she's saying in those late night hours nobody knows see the thing about it when a baby is in a mother's stomach she gets used to the mother's voice the son the daughter the baby that's in here gets used because it hears the inside voice of the mother somebody missed what i just said there's a time where the inside voice does a whole lot more than what's said on the outside the inside voice that's praying for you the inside voice that knows how to nurture you that protected you in a womb that kept you safe in a womb that inside voice is what's been speaking to God it doesn't have to be sad loud and and boastfully but that inside voice is what has power the Bible says this that as for Hannah she was speaking in her heart how many women can testify that I've spoken in my heart concerning my kids I've spoken in my heart concerning their lives I've spoken in my heart to God concerning their future God I've been laying down prostrate on my knees and on my belly before them so that they can have a better future than what I've had they can experience life better than what I've experienced because not only that her petition began the next thing and that's my next point is her petition because a mother will simply do this she will stand in the gap while fighting knowing her petition is not about what she sees, but what she knows. A mother's position is not about what she sees going on in her child's life. It's what she knows God has called her child to be. A mother knows what, what she sees in her son. Her son could be in hell and high water, but a mother will petition on behalf of her son or her daughter. I'm not trying to be gender neutral, I'm gender biased here, but a mother sees so much more than what the experiences and the situation of her child 
represents. Verse number 14 said this, then Eli said to her, how long will you make yourself drunk? Put away your wine from you. Why? Because he could not understand what she was saying to God. Her petitions were simply this, that they were beginning to speak to God. And because they were speaking to God, she had a request for God that nobody else could answer. Nobody else could match. Nobody else could get into. She will stand in the gap while fighting, knowing her petition is not about what she sees but what she knows somebody declare over their children right now whether they're adult or not they're better than what they are right now I see so much more. I see doctors. I still see lawyers. I still see preachers. I still see evangelists. I still see business owners. I still see my child coming out. And there, and I'm going to park right here and talk about the life of Aubrey right now, where he died at 25 years old. The other day represented his birthday. I believe he had a mother that right now is still petitioning God. Let his life be used as an example of change. Let his life be used as a catalyst of change yes the enemy took away his life but the life that he lives the bible said if i be lifted up i'll draw all men unto me so let his life be lifted up so change can happen i'm sorry that that a young black male another young black male was going about his business jogging down the street and his life was taken from him from simple racist people that did not understand who his life was but but they thought they were killing a black life but I'm here to declare that for one dying that a hundred will be raised up somebody don't understand what I just said that because of his life they're brought awareness and they're changed a mindset that is not just the drug dealer that's dying it's not just the, the, the one that's innocent that's dying it's all of our young black men that are being haunted right now Somebody say her petition. There are mothers that are petitioning, that are laboring. The old church mothers used to have lock-ins and, and petition on behalf of the church. But right now, I declare that the old mothers and the new mothers need to petition and have a shut-in and pray for our generation. Pray for our young black men. Pray for our young black women. Pray for our young people as a, as a whole so that deliverance can take place and the hand of racism can be wiped from this country. Somebody say her petition her petition will stand in the gap while fighting how many mothers can say that they fought battles that their kids don't even know they fought through things that their kids have never experienced or seen. They fought through experiences. They stayed in places too long simply for their kids. They fought ex-husbands. They fought uh, old lovers. They fought other people. They put themselves in environments simply so their kids could be happy. And the kids don't even know what they've experienced or what the mothers have gone through. Her petition is being heard right now my child is going to live better my child is going to be better and hannah's petition to the lord opened up a new realm opened up something new because it's not about what she saw hannah saw she had a, a closed womb hannah saw that everybody else thought she had there was no hope for her to bring forth the seed and Anna had a thing that she saw but what she knew was greater is he 
that's in me than he that's in the world. When I walked into the temple of God, I believe Hannah felt a presence probably like never before. Hannah probably before had only gone by uh, by simple sheer uh, uh, practice to go give a sacrifice. But at this place, Hannah didn't come in with the double portion that her husband gave her. Hannah came in with a double portion of her heart's desire to reach out to God. And somebody needs to know that there's a double portion on the inside of you that's going to change the environment of your child that's going to change the situation in your home there's a mother right now who's been saying god how am i supposed to make it i lost my husband oh god how am i supposed to get through this my child ain't been home god how am i supposed to get through this and god said give me your heart and your heart's petition and watch me work. Watch what I know to be true. Watch what I know that by the end of the day that children are going to be calling home that have not called home. Who am I speaking to right now? That you have not heard from your child. But God said give me your heart right now and I guarantee that your child will come back. I guarantee that they will come back safe. There are people right now that are simply in need to petition God, the Bible says her petition, she, she will stand in the gap fighting and knowing her petition is not about what she sees, but what she knows. So first it was, it was her, her voice, a voice that does not have to be loud, a voice that could be soft as a mouse, but it carries an anointing that shifts and changes atmospheres. I believe Hannah at that place shifted the atmosphere about her situation, shifted her womb from being closed to being open. Uh, somebody needs to know that, that if you begin to open up your mouth and simply begin to speak to God, that there's a shift ready to take place in your atmosphere. It doesn't have to be a loud scream. It does not have to be a loud shout. But if you can get to that place of that quiet voice that's petitioning God on based upon your heart, then you see that your petition petition ends next but my last point is simply this uh, but but if, even before we get there verse number 15 said this but Hannah replied no my lord I am a woman oppressed in spirit she was hurt she was vexed it felt like her spirit was compressed and that she could not stretch forth it said I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink but I have poured out my soul before the Lord I have poured out all that's in me because I'm looking for a breakthrough. How many people can declare that I'm looking for a breakthrough? Hannah was looking for a breakthrough. Hannah was looking for the environment to change. Hannah was looking for the revelation of God to step in and do the miraculous. Somebody need to know right now that the miraculous you're looking for, if your heart opens up, if, you, if you're feeling oppressed because of your situation, open up your mouth and stand before God and pour out your soul before the Lord because God know, not only hears her voice or her petitions, but the last thing that Hannah did was that she prayed. How many 
many people know that there are some old mothers that simply know how to pray. I'm not, I'm not talking about those cute prayers. God, uh, give me a new house. God, give me a new car. But I'm talking about those prayers that the mothers had because the prayer of a mother goes beyond what her situation may be. The prayer of a mother is selfless. The prayer of a mother is honorable and a prayer of a mother releases into the atmosphere. Oh, somebody did not hear that. The prayer of a mother, uh, it goes beyond her own situation. The prayer of a mother is selfless. A prayer of a mother is honorable and the prayer of a mother releases into the atmosphere. I dare some mothers right now begin to open up their mouth and begin to call on the name of the Lord because her sit is not predicated upon her situation. The prayer of a mother went beyond her situation. Wherever she's at right now, she knows she has a child that needs her to be there. She knows she has a child that needs her to stand strong for him. Uh, she knows she has a child that may be out here doing the wrong thing, but God said if she opens up her mouth, my people that are called by my name would humble themselves, bow down, and get on their knees and pray. I will heal the land. They will heal the child. They'll heal the situation. If my people, if my mothers on this day, if my mothers at this moment uh, that are being honored today will continue to pray, then I'll heal the land. I I know we call the earth Mother Earth, but I'm talking about some mothers right now that know that their situation may not be the best, but they want the best for their kids. Do I have anybody that can testify that, that I took this pay cut or I'm at this job because uh, uh, because I need more for my children. I got to put some kids through college. I got to sacrifice some things about my life. There are any mothers here right now that know they've been talked about at work, that they've been uh, ostracized at work, that they've gone through hell and high water at work, that they've been sexually assaulted at work, that people have spoken all manners of evil about them at their job. But God said and you're continuously to be in this place because your prayers are selfless because there are some results and some things you want for your children it's her prayer is selfless selfless is not even thinking about herself how many mothers have ever gone to sleep without eating so that their child can eat how many mothers have ever gone uh, uh days without uh, uh doing certain things because your child needed it is not only selfless it's honorable honorable that means her prayer lifts up a voice to God, not for destruction, but to build, not, not to cast down, but to build up, not to cause death, but to speak life, not to do anything of harm to their child, but it's honorable before the Lord because it's putting them at the back burner. It's putting them behind the whole scene. They're not looking for the recognition. See, I, I, I remember that there were some things that my mother did that, that, I, that I did not realize until I got older that they were sacrifices for me. They were sacrifices so that I could be, be okay. There were sacrifices so that I could live. And how many people can testify that your mother made some sacrifices that until you got older, until you became an adult and had your own children, that you did not understand the sacrifices that were made. We constantly complain. Why can't I have the newest shoes? Why can't I have the latest clothes? Why can't I have the newest video games? But how many people know that there's some mothers that work two or three jobs because they were being selfless so that you could have the home that you lived in, the house that you grew up. It may not have been the house like the person down the street. It may not have had the most rooms. It may not have had the biggest cars. Then you may not have had the latest fashion. But there 
are some mothers that sacrifice all they had so that you could be all that you could be somebody declared my mother's prayers were honorable and last my mother's prayers release provisions into the atmosphere see see her voice her petitions and her prayers released everything that I need to be. Some of us been looking around so long saying, I got like this on my own. Nah, baby, let me tell you one thing. Your mother got down on some knees and she prayed. It had to be something on the inside of your mother than the DNA makeup that brought who you are right now. And I'm not just talking about the physical DNA makeup, but there was a spiritual makeup when God brought your mother and your father together that brought who you are right now. Yeah, I know you sitting on your high horse. I know you sitting there looking nice. I know that you got everything that you ever desired. And you look down sometimes and say, well, why didn't they have that? No, because they made the sacrifice so that you can get what you needed. Some people don't realize they could have lived on a high horse, but they chose not to abort you. Oh, somebody need to understand that I'm coming down somebody's street. They could have aborted you and lived that same life that you got right now. But God said, no, not this child, not this child, no not this one right here I got great things in store for them so now I need you to get to a place of honoring your mother because your mother made sacrifices her prayers were a sacrifice her petitions were a sacrifice her life was a sacrifice and if you don't understand that then I need you to simply look in the mirror and say God look at who I am if it had not been for my mother who raised me if it had not been for her giving me up for adoption and the family that birthed me or the family that took care of me if it had not been for some things that happened in my life how would I be where I'm at right now somebody thank their mother right now so but I need you to hear this verse verse number 10 says this she greatly distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly she greatly distressed she had some things on her mind some things were troubling on her mind and in her spirit and she prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. There's some mothers right now that you have never seen them cry like they cried for you. You've never seen them break down when you were going through your mess, when you weren't in the right place, when, when you talked back and they still got down on their knees and prayed. They might have told you, I'll take you out of here if you say something, if you come out your mouth again. I brought you into this world and I'll take you out. I, I know how many times I heard that right there. But there were some mothers that even after that, they got into their room and they got onto their knees. They they may not have had a real uh, strong relationship with God, but they said, God, I need you to step in and be Jehovah Jireh for my child. I need you to be who they said you should be. Uh, I, God, I need you to step in and introduce yourself to them why her prayers were answered her prayers simply said she didn't have to be in the best of situations but if she knew how to say lord take care of my child lord i thank you god for the life that i got lord i thank you for all that i did for all that you did why because when we see hannah we see hannah after her prayer she told the lord she said lord if you give me a son I'll give him back to you. Lord, if you give him, if you give me a seed, I won't keep him for myself. And I think that's something that a lot of times we miss 
in our generation. We, we don't want to give our children back to God. We, we, we see our children as, as our possessions. And we miss how the old folks did it because there was a time that when the baby came out the womb, the first thing that was scheduled was a dedication back to God because it was a blessing for someone to receive, to, to birth a child. It was a blessing that a child came into this world. It was a blessing to that woman to say, God, God found favor in me. And if, and if God found favor in me, I'm going to return it back to you. So, so I'm telling you that we've gotten to a place where we've taken the petition out of the life. And what we said is this, in verse number 11, the Bible says, she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction, the pain, what I've gone through of your maidservant, and remember me. We know God knows you. He said he knows you by name. But she said, if you will look on the afflictions of your maidservant, how many people know out of affliction comes blessing? How many people know out of your pain comes promise? How many people know out of your test comes testimony? How many people know out of his grace comes the abundance of life? There are things that she said, if she said, the, if you look on the afflictions of your maidservant and remember me and do not forget your maidservant, don't forget me. I dare somebody simply say, God, please don't forgive me. Forget me, God. But, but will, the Bible says, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall never come to his head. She said, God, if you, if you bless my womb, if you open my womb back up, if you, if you make me whole again, God, if, if you do what everybody else thinks can never be done, I'll just simply give him back to you. I'll I'll bring them to you. And if you have not read the story, it's, a, it's, a, it's an example of a first fruit offering that Hannah made. The Bible talks about us giving the best of our first, our, our first fruits, and God blessing us after a first fruit offering. Hannah gave God back her first fruit, her best. I, I, I know that people have had multiple children, but, but there is a, there's a certain sense of pride when that first one comes out. You look down and you say, I birthed this. Maybe child number two might, might, might make you happier, but that first child, you simply say, God, look at this sight that I have birthed into the, into the world. There are some mothers who have gone through 24 hours of labor, 72 hours of labor, only to look down at the eyes of that baby looking back up and seeing the miraculous. But Hannah said, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. That means she's not going to try to hold back. She wasn't trying to keep it. She simply said, God bless me. I just want the experience. 
hearts. Uh, somebody missed that right there. I just want the, to, to understand what it feels to have a, a living being on the inside of me. And see, no man can ever understand that. What it feels like to feel a baby kicking on the inside of you. A baby growing on the inside of you. To go to the doctor and have a sonogram and hear a heartbeat on the inside of you that's not your heartbeat. To see this child grow and then to birth this child into the world. The, the, the only thing that I can attribute to, to being something like it is that when God has birthed something on the inside of you, whether it's a promise, it's a purpose, it's a plan, but that can't even touch the labor pains that most women go through. I, I, I don't know if I could ever have a child if I was a woman because the labor pains on a Richter scale, most men could never, ever fathom. I can know we go to the gym, we lift weights, we can do a whole bunch, but the labor pain of a woman, uh, that's a whole nother sermon right there. A labor pain of a woman, a, a labor pain of pushing out something that God promised you, something that's been living on the inside of you. Oh, I'm coming down somebody's street because, yes, it's Mother's Day for the mothers. But how many people got some dreams and some hopes and some desires? And God right now is taking you through labor pain and he's pushing something out of you and you're like God why is this hurting me God why do I feel this thing God why why does it seem like I can't sustain it God is saying because I'm birthing something on the inside of you that's ready to come into this world don't try to force it too soon go through the process and go through the labor pains go through the birthing situation because as I birthed it I'm I need you to give it back to me because once you give it back to me once you honor me with it then you'll see it explode you'll see it grow you'll see it mature like never before when she gave her son Samuel back to God she never knew Samuel would be the one to anoint King David she never knew Samuel would be the one to call out Saul she never knew what her child would do but she said God if you give me a son I'll give him back to you I dare somebody touch their son touch their daughter and say God I give them back to you right now God I use them as you please God I'm sorry that I've been holding them so close to me but God right now I'm releasing them to you I, I believe that I got about 10 maybe 15 people that can simply say God what you done through my child I could have never imagined my my life wasn't positioned for that uh, Hannah's life wasn't positioned for one of the greatest prophets in scripture Hannah's life was positioned that she had to deal with a side chick Hannah's life was positioned that she had to deal with a boastful husband nobody told Hannah that the child that she would birth would come out and begin to declare the work of the Lord, the will of the Lord she, she did not know that her child would be the one that God called in the late night hour and he went to Eli and said "God, Eli did you call me three times times and Eli said well the next time go back and simply say here am I Lord here here am I Lord use me Lord and Hannah did not understand that what she was birthing into the world was getting ready to change the environment and shift the atmosphere that brought our risen savior at a later point in time see I'm not just talking about the provisions of Hannah the prayer of Hannah or the voice of Hannah but who Hannah birthed changed the environment to bring our son our Lord and Savior Jesus 
Christ into the earth because the Bible said that Jesus came from the lineage of David. If David had not asserted to the throne, if Hannah had not went and had a petition and a prayer, oh God, I'm getting happy right there. If Hannah had not petitioned God, then Samuel would not have been born. And if Samuel would not have been born, then there would not have been an anointing of David. And if David would not have been anointed king, then my Jesus would not have came from that lineage. Oh, somebody missed that. There are things that your grandmother did, your great-grandmother did, that did it on purpose, that brought you to this place where you at. Somebody say, I got to honor my mother, the sacrifice of my mother, the sacrifice of those that labor before her. Because what she did, she forgot about herself. Yes, she wanted a son, but she, she realized that it was not just about her. It was about the anointing that was wrapped up inside of her. Oh, it was about the anointing that covered her, the anointing that blessed her, the anointing that kept her. It was about who God was calling her to be in. In the 23rd verse, it says, Helicani, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Remain until you have weaned them. Only may the Lord confirm his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. She weaned him. She got him off of her breast. She got him from taking milk to eating meat. Uh, she, she went from being there from his every beck and call to knowing that I raised him enough. That here you go, God. I've done all that I could. How many mothers know that there's a place where you got to simply say, God, I've done all that I could. Here you go. God, you gave them to me. I fed them. I nursed them. I protected them. But what you can do, I can never do. I'm giving them back to you. And the Bible says she went to Eli. And verse number 20 said, for this boy I prayed and the Lord has given me my petition when I asked him. Verse number 28 says this, so I have also dedicated him to the Lord as long as he lives. He is dedicated to the Lord. And the Bible says that Eli worshiped the Lord there. Eli didn't know what God was getting ready to do with Samuel. A lot of times, just because we know God doesn't mean that we know everything that God is going to do. We have relationships with God. We have an understanding of just what God can do in our life and in the lives of our kids. But on this Mother's Day, I need you to know, mothers, that after all that you've done, after all that you've said, after all the prayers, after all that you've labored, at the end of the day, that child belongs to God. You belong to God, but that child belongs to God. 
this day for those who have forgotten about the honor of a mother. Yeah, I know she don't give you everything she want, you want. I know y'all fuss, I know you fight. I know she gets on your last nerve sometimes. But the honor is in knowing the sacrifice she made for you. The voice that cried out for you. You don't know what it took to get you here. Jesus. You don't know what it took to get you here. Who am I talking to? Yeah, by the time you could start remembering stuff, you might have been in a nice house. Might have had everything that you wanted. But the labor, not just with you in the womb, but the labor that preceded the conception, the labor during the conception, the labor for those nine months, you don't know what it took to get you here. For some, the burden has been heavy. They're, the most honorable thing that I've ever seen is a mother who knows there's a chance she might die on a labor table, but she'll still push, Jesus. She'll still push to bring that baby to life. She'll still push, and there are mothers that have died while they were in labor, but she'll still push There are mothers that lose blood, lose consciousness, but she'll still push to bring forth a child. She'll still push in spite of what she knows she got to go back home to. She'll still push. She's a mother and she's pushed. And she's pushed and she's pushed and she's still pushing spiritually. She's still pushing emotionally. All to simply say, God, thank you for this life. If all hearts and minds are full, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you for mothers on this day. Now, God, we ask right now that you deposit into the atmosphere a spirit of honor, a spirit of selflessness, a spirit of love right now. God, we know that the push is still here. And because they push, we can push. Because they gave, we can give. Because they loved, we can love. But also, God, we know that the Bible says that there is no greater love than a man that gave his life for his friends. So, God, while we honor mothers today, let us honor our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who pushed till the ultimate sacrifice. But not only did he push with his life to go into the grave, 
he pushed and got up. He labored. He did it all for us. And every mother that has given birth or every mother that has raised a child, not just the labor pains of a physical birth, but a, the labor pains of raising children, grandmothers who have raised grandchildren, aunts and, and sisters who have raised nephews and nieces and siblings as their mother, godmothers who have stepped into the realm and been the mother that a child needed. Strangers that have come in and saw needs in the lives of people. Teachers that have saw a need and stepped in and been mothers. God, we honor them all on this day, oh God. We honor them, God, because your spirit rested on them in order for them to take the mantle that some were not prepared to take, but some took the mantle because they know simply that's what you called them to do. So, God, we just thank you in the name of Jesus. Now, endow them with more power, those that have lost mothers in this season. Those who have, this is the first time that you've experienced this day without a mother. God, we ask right now that you touch them. For your word declares that you'll be a mother to the motherless, a father to the fatherless. So those that have lost mothers, God, wrap your arms around them right now in the name of Jesus. Those that have lost grandmothers, those that have lost aunts, those that have lost sisters. God, right now, touch them in a mighty way. Heal their heart, oh God. Those that are continuously going through the pain of abandonment and neglect. Heal them in a mighty way, oh God. Touch their hearts. We know that everybody's not perfect. We know that we all fall short. God, touch every mother, every son, every daughter. We all come from mothers. So touch them in a mighty way, oh God. Heal hearts, mend hearts. Restore right relationships in the name of Jesus. And God, we honor you with the fruit of our hearts on this day and every other day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As we close out from service, I would be remiss if I did not offer somebody salvation. The Bible in John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Salvation is free. All you simply have to do is believe. He said, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you shall be saved. You have to confess with your mouth that you believe Jesus is the Son of the, the true and living God, that he came to earth, that he is both God and man, that 
He gave his life for our sins and as a ransom. But not only did he just give his life, but he was raised from the dead. And you believe him to be your Lord and Savior. You're accepting him as your Lord and Savior. The Bible said, then you shall be saved if you make that confession. Number two, if you have not, if you are backslidden, you may have had a relationship with God, but circumstances in life have caused you to separate yourself from God. The Bible says that Jesus said, Lo, I stand at the doorway and knock, and if any man come, if any man open up the door, I'll come in and sup with him. There's a place at your table reserved for Jesus if you just open up your door. He said he loved you so much that he'll come in and sup with you. He'll get personal with you. He'll talk to you about your life. He'll redeem you. He'll set you free. Third thing is, if you have not received the Holy Spirit, you, you know Jesus Christ, you, but you don't operate with it. It feels like you're empty on the inside. No power. The Bible says in Scripture that the apostles stayed until they had power from on high. We're coming up on Pentecost Sunday. We're going we're gonna to shout next week for Pentecost Sunday. But the Bible says that there was power from on high. Not power just to speak in tongues and jump around and shout, but power to do mighty things. Power to do powerful ministry. Power to set the captives free. Power to cast out demons. Power to change lives according to the will of God. Power to advance the kingdom of God. Simply say, Lord, I receive your power. I receive your spirit. The Bible says that he's a comforter. He's a guide. He's a friend. <laughs> I can't wait till we get into him next week. Mm. Next thing is if you have need of healing. The Bible says that healing is the children's bread. The righteous will eat from it. If you need healing in your life, we know that Scripture teaches us that there's a balm in Gilead. There's Isaiah 53 and 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Whether it's healing of your mind, your spirit, your body, your mental, your emotional, give it over to God. Ask God to heal you. And last but not least, as we come out of this pandemic, we will be returning to the worship with one another in the physical form. I love, I love streaming. Love being with you through the internet. But I can't wait to see you in person. Can't wait to hug you. Can't wait to tell you how much we love you. Can't wait to get connected with you. And if Liberty, if you're looking for a church and Liberty has spoken to your heart, the ministry here. We're, we're, we're ready and geared to move forward in ministry. We're ready to move forward. If that's where you see yourself at, reach out to us. You can find our website at lccimd.org. You can reach out to us on Facebook. Let us know what God is calling you into. We believe that he is sending us into the world to make disciples of all men. 
teaching them those things that we've heard and seen. And as I leave you, I leave you with the love of God. And as always, live on purpose, live for purpose, but most importantly, live in God's purpose. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You're at Liberty Christian Church where there is no games, no gimmicks, just Jesus. I love you. Be blessed. Enjoy the rest of your day. Hug somebody. If you walk past somebody on the street, I'm going to tell you this. Just simply say happy Mother's Day. You never know. That just might brighten somebody's day. It might stop suicide. It might stop a tragic event. Just by your words. The Bible says that life and death lies in the power of the tongue. It's not just prayer. It's how you speak, how you talk, how you relate to one another. I love you with the love of God. Be blessed and go in peace. Amen.